Not all of us can do great things, but all of us can do small things with great love. Mother Teresa. This is the Modern Contemplative Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. We're towards the end of a nine-part series called Justice and Contemplation. And I have been loving this. I've been loving doing it. And I hope you can tell that I'm passionate about contemplation. And I'm passionate about personal transformation. I'm passionate about becoming... Me becoming me and you becoming you. I'm passionate about the world moving towards peace, towards unity, towards love, towards community. And that's, I hope you understand, that's the heart. That's at the heart of everything I do, but it's the, at, the, at the heart of this conversation about justice and contemplation. It all comes back to community and love. Today, this is... Part 8, it is called Cause. I like that quote by Mother Teresa. It's about cause, about a cause. Like, what's your cause? Like, we all want to do great things, right? I was just in conversation with an old high school friend, a guy I didn't know real well, but we kind of moved in some similar circles. He hung out with my brother more than me, but we definitely hung out. Anyway, I noticed a post that he put on social media about, kind of about thwarted dreams. So I responded back to him and, you know, it was, it was about greatness. He was like, man, I felt like I was meant for great things, but it never happened. I felt like I was meant to be famous and it never happened. And so I responded, I responded back to that idea. You know, like, what does it mean? We all feel like we're meant for great things. And I believe we are. But like Mother Teresa pointed out, maybe it's not a great cause, but maybe it's a great love. Because sometimes for us, when we think of a great cause, we think of something that makes us great, especially in the eyes of others. Like, it's something that affirms us validates us, validates our purpose, validates our meaning, our identity, our value, right? And that's actually what I would call an anti-cause, which is part of what I want to talk about too. Like an anti-cause is me doing something to draw attention to me, me doing something that's good for me. Like trying to do something that I think is good for the world, but really my biggest motivation is that it would first and foremost, draw attention to me and make me look good and be about how I am perceived and about my value and worth. And that's not a good source. It's not a good motivation for any good cause. That's not good. So, I mean, kind of my, you know, this is kind of the phrase that I hope dominates this conversation. A good cause is better than a great cause, but a great love is better than both. Like, we're all meant for great things, but maybe it's not a great cause in the sense of something that makes me a great person as perceived by the validation of others. But maybe a good cause is better than a great cause because a good cause is doing something good for others. And maybe better than both is a great love because a great love is what motivates me to do something good for others. You know, I believe we all have great things in us to do, but if we focus that back towards ourselves, I think we lose it. I think we lose the greatness of what we're called to do, meant to do, 
when we think that it's primarily about other people seeing us as great and even seeing us as doing great things. I see this so much. I mean, this is the this is one of the negativities of social media, I think, and that it, it's um, it's so sometimes caught up in popular morality and popular um, social issues. And often when when like there is just these um, very vacillating waves of what's currently popular to be about, right? And it comes to social media. And like, there's always the current hot topic, and it's how do you align in this on either side of this current thing, whatever it is, whatever the mood of the moment in the nation or the culture, wherever you're at. It's like, well, this is the thing that we're caring about right now, and where do you stand on it? And then four weeks later, it's something else, and that thing that you were so so passionate about making sure everybody knew where you stood, you never think of it again. It's like, it was so important for people to know where you stood on this issue. But before it became an issue, you never talked about it. And after it's out of the limelight, you don't talk about it again. Hot, the hot moral issue of the moment. It can reveal some things about you, but it's like just following the wind of whatever is popular to care about in the moment doesn't do much and just having to take the right stand and take the right side on a on a current issue that that's not a cause at all and really what that's about is how do i show that i'm on the right side of everything and that i look good and that i look like i'm a good person that's the anti-cause that's the wrong motivation for any cause and it doesn't ground us in truly what is meant for us as individuals like i believe we all have greatness in us and we all have a cause that we're meant to spend our lives doing but most people spend their lives just trying to make sure they're on the right side of whatever happens to be the popular cause in the moment what it may it may be in your little group of social friends maybe at church it may be on social media but when you're in a group and that group is saying well this is the thing that really matters the most right now and you're like okay well how do i line up on that thing and how do i make sure that that in my group the people that matter to me that i see seem and i appear like i'm on the right side and and i get i get affirmed and validated for being right well that is a, a the wrong paradigm altogether for a good cause you may look good in the moment when it comes to trying to appear like you have a great cause and you care about things. But that doesn't really do much at all for the world. It doesn't really do much to draw out your particular passion, your particular purpose. That's just, that's, that, it comes and goes. Trying to s- seem like you're on the right side of everything, whatever, and in the moment, whatever that happens to be about, like, that's empty. It doesn't do much. Like, um, I, I, there are people, I mean, on social media, there are, most people just follow the trend. What should I care about right now? And how do I line up with that thing? And I, I, yeah, that one time last year when we were all talking about that one important moral issue and I, this is the side I took and yeah. And then now today it's something completely different and I better make sure I line up. Like there are a lot of people just follow that trend. I want to look right. I want to look good. But I'm just always about whatever, whatever I'm supposed to be about, whatever I'm told to be about in the moment. <clears throat> but it doesn't really come from a place of deep personal passion and calling and cause. And then the, there are these few people on social media, probably most of them I know personally, that they're about something and they're about that something 
in season and out of season, whether it's popular or not. And even when it's not popular, they still talk about it. And you know what? I've, I've noticed that, for the most part, a lot of people ignore them. Unless, until it becomes popular and a hot-button topic, most people aren't going to care because most people are programmed to only care about what popular social trend, trends are telling them to care about. Whatever Google says is trending, right? Or Twitter. But there are those people who they have a sustained passion towards a singular cause, whether anybody else cares or not. Those are the people who are really living out of their personal passion and their personal cause. One person in particular, a friend of mine, we went to church for a number of years a while ago. She and her husband both, I know, it's uh, Deanne Dean and her husband Jason Dean. Um, when I knew them, when I was walking with them, doing life with them, it's probably six years ago or so, they started a company called Vive Alchemy. And so Deanne in particular started this, and Jason supported her in it. But she has been in the fitness and nutrition industry for a long time as a trainer, a coach. Um, and, you know, she followed all the trends, speaking of trends, the trends of what it meant to be healthy, right? And then she came to this point where she realized, like, even she wasn't being healthy in this system. And she decided to start a, 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 a company, a movement that really helps people understand how to be healthy. Just She calls it practicing the basics. Like, just There's just some simple things you can do to be healthy, and it doesn't have to do with external image. She's just someone that I really admire. I'm actually going to host, or I'm going to interview her on this podcast coming up probably in the next month or so. Uh, well, you, you won't be hearing this podcast for another month or so, but anyway... <clears throat> I'm excited to have her on and to talk to her because she's passionate. She's, she knows who she is. She's been on a journey. She's been through things. She's learned. And she's come out on the other side understanding what it is she's supposed to be doing in life. She understands her cause. And let me tell you, I was speaking with her a couple weeks ago, and she was discouraged. She's, she knows what she's meant to do, but she was discouraged because it doesn't seem to be garnering much attention. And it doesn't seem to be helping a lot of people, but and she's been at it for six years. I know she'll be at it. Another 16 or 60 if she lives that long because it's in her. Man, someone who knows who they are and knows what they're supposed to do, that's a powerful person. That's a person with intense focus and passion. And that's who we all are meant to be. Like, man, sometimes just the fickle culture of media and popularity and social, social, social networking, it's just it can kind of hollow out anything that has true power in our lives, right? It can make us these very robotic, mechanized, kind of insecure little individual people that just we so much want to be seen as on the right side of everything, and we end up on the wrong side of... We don't end up on the right side of anything. Trying to be on the right side of everything doesn't put you on the right side of anything, I think. Because you don't discover who you are and what you're supposed to care about. Like, what is meant for just you and what you're meant to do. It doesn't mean you're not meant to do it with others, maybe. But, like, you've got to first discover that in yourself for yourself. And once you're grounded in that in yourself, you can move forward into the world and, and start to do it. And just do it well. Like, my other friend I was telling you about who's just discouraged because they thought they were meant for greatness, but it hasn't happened... Like one of the things I said to them was, look, 
figure out what you're meant to do and just do it. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about what it produces and how many people notice and whether or not you're reaching millions and millions or thousands or one. Just do it. Do it well. Do it because it's in you to do and because it fulfills you to do it. And the outcome, don't worry about it. Just do it. Do it as best you can. Learn in it. Practice it. Get better. Hone it. Refine it. Just keep doing it and see what happens. Like if it's in you to do, you you have to do it, right? I think the way we truly die in the world is to give in to just the flow of culture around us. To listen to the voices of other people telling us what we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Giving up on our... On the deep passions inside us. Whatever that is. It doesn't have to be some great cause where the world is like, stands up and applauds and the whole world is like, just st- starstruck at our abilities and, and we just change the whole world around. Maybe we just change one person. And let me tell you, if you're doing what you're passionate about, what you, what's in you to do, it will affect people around you. Maybe it'll only affect a few, but so what? Like, the first thing about a good cause is it's good for you just to do it. It fulfills you. It just, it's so good. I can tell you, man, it's, I've wrestled through 30 plus years of, of this journey of trying to figure out how to get here. And now I'm here and I'm moving forward from here. But like, I've known for a long, long time. I've had a good idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but had it been, I've had to go on a long journey of getting there. I was talking with another friend uh, last week. We went to church together. He invited me to his church. and it was, It's called City Church. It's a downtown church. It was good, man. But we were just talking about that. like, And I just had this, in, in our conversation, I had this realization. Like, I've known what I've, what I've, I've known what I'm meant to do for a long time. I didn't have to discover what I'm meant to do. I've had to discover how to get there how to refine it, how to go through the process of really letting it unfold. And not, you know, the biggest part of that is not giving up on it. Man, I, <laughs> I it, it, in, the, in view of my own culture, I'm a failure. I didn't pursue the good job. I didn't pursue the good life. I didn't pursue the nice car, the big house. I pursued the thing that I knew was in me to do. Number one, that was really coming to know God personally, intimately. And number two, I knew I was meant to share how to know God. Like, that has been, ever since I was like young, 12 or 13, maybe even earlier, I was baptized at nine, but like I just had a intense desire to really hear God, walk with God. And I don't know what age, but probably early teens, I've really wanted to just share Help others walk with God. I have not been on a journey of trying to figure out what I'm meant to do. I've been on a journey of trying to figure out how to how to grow it, how to let it unfold and bloom, how to refine it, how to let it come out. Like I know what's in me. How do I how do I get it out of me? <laughs> I stopped for a moment to talk with someone on tra- on the trails. So let's see if I can pick back up. No, I I was talking about just the unfolding of my giftings, you know? Like, my journey has not been so much discovering what those were, my passions. It's discovering how to bring them out and how to walk in them. 
Like, I really believe we all really, if we sat down with ourselves in a dark room and, <laughs> you know, just really kind of stared at ourselves in a way. I think we know what, what we hunger for. I think we know what we desire. We know what's inside us. We, none, we know our passions. At least we have some idea. I, I don't think the biggest journey is discovering our passion and our cause. I think the biggest journey is walking in it, learning to walk in it. Stay with it. Don't let it die. Man, I just think so many people are living a hollow shell of a life. Because the passions in them, they just, they let them die. They've, and they don't go away. That's the thing. That's what makes it even, that's what makes it the worst is they don't go away. They haunt us from the grave, right? <laughs> the ghost of our passions, they never leave us. They linger and they continue to taunt us and they continue to ask, why, why did you let me die? Why did you let me go? And, but the, the upside is like, they still call to us and they still say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here to pick back up again. Like, don't give up. If you've given up, pick it back up. And if you haven't given up, don't. Don't let it go. You are meant for something great. There's a great purpose that you were made for. It's innate within, it's innate within you. <laughs> innate within you. Like, don't let it go. To, to the youth, I would say, don't let it go. Never let it go. No matter what, it's worth it. It's worth it. Whatever the suffering, whatever the struggle, it's worth it. To the, the middle-aged, I'd say, if you feel like it's a glowing ember about to die, blow on it and fan the flame. It's still there. To the elderly, I would say, you have time left. You have time. Don't, don't waste it. It doesn't matter. 80 years you spent doing something else, so what? Now is the time. Take it back up. A lot of people, when they retire, they pick up those things that they've always wanted to do. And I, I had my, my wife's grandmother, I think it was her father's mother, always wanted to be a painter, a china painter. When she retired, that's what she did. She spent the rest of her life learning to be a very good china painter. In that world, she became pretty well known. as a. She was really good at it. So she didn't start till she was in her 60s. So what? She started, she picked it up, she did it the rest of her life, and she loved it. And in her own right, she became really good. She started teaching classes. She started giving lectures and going to seminars and like being the teacher. She got really good. So that's great. So what? You haven't done it. You let it go or it's barely hanging on. It's never too late. There's a great cause you're meant for. The reason I think we chase after the mood of the moment when it comes to what to, when it comes to a cause is because we feel in us that we are meant to be about a cause. And so if we're not pursuing our own cause, it's like we can't have no cause. We can't just care about nothing. And so we can focus that desire on things that are not meant for us simply because we can't be about nothing. But I'm telling you, if it's not focused in the best way, in the thing, towards the thing that you're meant for, it's kind of empty. It doesn't really fulfill. It, it's like craving a steak or a hamburger or a tofu burger or whatever, and then eating a stale cracker instead and being like, yeah, yeah that, that kind of tied me over, but it wasn't the thing I was hankering for, right? Like, 
understand what you're hankering for, what you're hungry for, and don't let something else kind of just tie your appetite over and over and over the whole rest of your life and never search out that passion. <laughs> Man, do it. Do it now. Figure it out. Like, man, if you want to, you can go for it. A lot of times we look at the, the limitations. We think about the impossibility. We think, man, I can't do that. I can't. Look, and, and I'll do, I do this too. Like, I look around and I see, like, there's about a thousand people doing it better than me that are already doing it, doing it better. So why me? Why you? Because it's in you. That's it. You may not be the best at it ever, but do it because it matters. I mean, to, number one, it matters to you. It will make a huge difference in your life. Number two, it will make a huge difference in someone else's life. When we are living out of our passion, it changes the world. If every one of us were doing that, the whole world would be a better place. Empty people, desperate for some kind of value, create a world that is empty and vain. People trying to look like they got it together, look like they're, they care, and look like they're good, but behind the veneer is nothing. A bunch of people missing their passion and their cause create a world of empty people, frustrated, just kind of railing against anything and everything. And that's kind of what we see in the world, you know? I, I call that the anti-cause, which is maybe we're not about positive change. Like, we all are called to do something positive, to give something to the world. When we're not doing that and we're just frustrated in, in not being able to do it, then we, we kind of tend to pick up anti-causes, which is, we're not about anything. We're just about tearing everything else down, right? I can tell you, it's dangerous to put yourself out there to believe in something. As soon as you step out in a truth, in a cause, you will be attacked. Like, if you're trying to do something good, there's going to be opposition. A lot of people find it much easier to just criticize what everybody else is doing instead of doing something themselves. It takes a lot of guts to step out on that limb to try to do something, to have a sustained effort towards something good. A lot of times when you're putting forth a belief, an idea, a truth, you're going to get attacked because those people who aren't doing that, they just sit around and tear everybody else's truths down. A lot of conversations I see, people aren't putting forth what they believe, but they're sure ready to tear down what you do, what you believe. And I'm not trying to be critical of anyone. I'm just saying, like, usually the people that are just tearing apart everybody else's beliefs or everybody else's, else's attempt to do something good, they're doing that because they're not doing anything themselves. And so that's an anti-cause. Like, it's not a cause to tear down other people's cause, causes. Like, that's not a good cause. You're not meant to tear down the good other people are trying to do. Look, nobody's perfect, okay? <laughs> like, someone out there trying to do good and failing, man, amen. I'll stand up for them any day. Like, so what? You're tr at least you're trying. At least you're trying. Are you getting it right? Does it align up with my cause? So what? Doesn't matter. Do it. Keep doing it. 
At least you're attempting to do what is in your heart to do. And that's good. But the person out there just trying to tear everybody else's good cause down and say they're not doing it right or not doing it well or, or they're, they're messing up. And like that person's, they may think that their cause is to tear down everybody else's causes. That's not a cause. That's the anti-cause. Like don't be pro-life because you hate pro-choice. And don't be pro-life and be against pro-choice. I talked about that in my podcast this morning. This podcast won't be released for a couple of months, but that was um, this fractured reality. You can go back and listen, but it's like, look, be about what you're about. You don't have to tear down somebody else that's about something else, even if it seems on, on the opposite end of what you're doing. There needs to be people, I believe, standing up for the rights of the marginalized whether it's the unborn or the minority or the underprivileged or the poor. But like your cause isn't to oppose someone else's cause. If they're doing good in that corner and you're doing good in the opposite corner, that's great. Both those corners need somebody doing something good. But don't be like, well, you're not in my corner and I don't like that corner you're in doing good and so I'm going to criticize and tear you down. That's not a cause and that actually distracts you from a good cause. That's the anti-cause. An anti-cause is not a good cause. Don't be against something. Be for something. Don't be against someone else trying to do something good, even if you don't think it's good. Be about something that you think is good and do that. And that's what matters. And that brings positivity. And that is good. And that brings healing. And that brings light into someone's darkness. You criticizing someone else's light because they're not doing it very well just throws a blanket over their light. That's not good. That's not a cause. That doesn't lift anybody up. A good cause lifts people up brings people up. It feels good. It is positive. Now, that doesn't mean we can't point to negative things going on in society. We can't point to oppression. We can't. I mean, this is about justice, right? Justice is about making things right, making things good. But sometimes in our pursuit of justice, we can just be about pointing to injustice, pointing out what's wrong. And man, that can drag us down and everybody else down. There's a time to sit with the problem. I talked about this, uh, maybe it was the second or third podcast uh, on the series, but like, there's a time to see what's wrong. But we've got to always turn the corner towards a solution, towards the positive. We can't sit in the negative and be about the negative and pointing out the negative and criticizing the negative and just talking about the negative and pointing to the darkness, always pointing to the darkness and think that that's a cause. That's not a cause. Telling people the world is dark and terrible and horrible doesn't lift anybody up. It actually brings people down. There's a point to saying something's wrong. There's a time. But that time is brief. You need to start pointing to what's right and what's good. To solutions. To what can really change. Mm, that reminds me. Uh, I'm going here. I'm, I'm flipping over to a screen. <sighs> Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept that it's soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing 
the times they are a changing. I love that song. It's Bob Dylan for those of you that don't know. The times they are a changing. And he wrote that like whew, six year, years ago or so. 60s or 60s, yeah. Man. We want change, you know. I love that song. I just that song is so hauntingly deep and like I feel a passion in that song. I feel his passion, but I feel like this deep yearning, longing for change. We all long to see justice, to see justice come, to see injustice go. We long for change. We're not going to get there just pointing to the darkness. We're only going to get there pointing to what's good and we're only going to get there when we embrace the passion inside us, the good that we're meant to do and bring and give, into the, give to the world, bring it to the world. I love that, that song and its sentiment. We need change. We're desperate for change. We're longing for something better. But are we doing something better? Are we pointing to something better? Or are we just pointing to the brokenness? Of the world around us as it currently is like we're not going to get to somewhere better pointing to where we are there is a time to take stock of where we are and to say hey this is just reality but there is a time to then say well how do we move beyond this moment to something better that's what i'm talking about justice and contemplation like it's all in you it's in you. It starts in you. You have to go in you to find it. But when you find it in you, then it comes out. Like you go in to come out. You go in, you see what is in your heart, what you're passionate about, what your purpose is, what you're meant for. And then you bring it out into the world and you do it and you pour it out. There's, there's nothing. That's an unstoppable force. When you go into yourself and you figure out yourself, and you realize what you're passionate about. And then you start to draw it out. You let it be refined. You cultivate it. You work at it. You grind it out. Like you practice it. You hone it. It can take years, but you do it and you stick with it. And then it begins to flow out of you as something very well formed. That's powerful. Man, that's an unstoppable force. Not even death can stop that. Ah. <sighs> That's what I, I mean, that's me. That's my life. Like, I'm finally at a place where things can start to pour out. And I feel like there's this dam that's been released inside me. I know what I love. I know what I'm passionate about. And I'm starting to see the fruits bear forth. I spent a long time plowing that field. I spent a long time planting those seeds. I spent a long time searching yearning, longing, struggling, feeling thwarted, feeling frustrated, feeling feeling lost, floundering, struggling, but I never let go of what I knew I was meant for and meant to do. <sighs> that's what matters. That's what that's all that matters. I'm doing it. I love it. It is who I am. It's who I'm meant to be. And I'm still discovering it. And it's still unfolding. But man, I'm in it. I'm in the flow of this larger movement. And 
You can't take it. No one can take it. It's, I can't not do it. No matter what comes, no matter the opposition, the discouragement, the loneliness. I've been through all that already. I'll be through it again. But I know who I am. I know what I'm meant to be doing and I'm going to do it because that's what brings me life. And I know it, if it brings me life, it'll bring other people life too. It's just a natural. It's natural. When I'm doing what brings me life, life flows from it to me and it flows from me to others. Life breathes, breathes life. Life brings life. Life produces more life. Healing produces more healing. Goodness produces more goodness. Love produces more love. It's just natural. It's a natural flow. It's, a, it's just a truth of the universe. I can't not do it. But man, I'm so glad that I've gotten here. I, I feel so blessed. I'm humbled and excited. I get to do this. I get to talk to you right now. I don't sit down. I'm, this is not written. I'm, you know, <laughs> this is written. I do write blogs. Like the, when I write the blogs, it's just like almost research. I'm just getting my thoughts together. But man, right now I'm talking to you from my heart. Like I don't have to read it. It's not something written down. It's something that has flown out of me flown <laughs> it's something that flows out of me and it's because it's in me and it's always in me and it always will be it's with me i don't have to like bring notes i don't have notes in front of me like i just know it because it's who i am and it flows out of me i could stand up in front of a crowd right now i'm talking to a bunch of trees <laughs> they're, they're my crowd but look i know i know i can speak this message it's in me I didn't have to research and figure it out and hone it and ask people, well, you think this sounds good? Or, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with walking with people and getting input. But I'm just telling you, like, my point is it's in me to do. It flows out of who I am. It's my passion. And that's what matters. Like, it's an unstoppable energy inside me. And it flows out. I can't, like, I can't stop it. <laughs> if I stop it, I think it would just, I would burst. <laughs> but man, that's, that's, you know, you may be listening and being like, oh, yeah, that's good. Good for you. Yeah, great. But man, that's not why I'm sharing that. I'm sharing that because I want that for you too. If each of us are leaning into our passion and working it out and struggling and wrestling, you know, man, if more of us were doing that and then walking with other people to help them do that, that's, that's community. That's good. That's life. Like, I think so many of us have just settled into this rut because nobody around us is showing a different way. There are those few people, you know. When we see those people, we see the light in their eyes. We see the, the passion in their heart. They're doing what they're meant to do, and they know it, and we know it. And, man, it's, it's unquestionably contagious. <laughs> and we want that, but there's a lot of voices that say don't. No. Stick with the safe path. You make, you make, you're making good money. You're in a good place. You've got a good car. You've got a good house. You've got a good life. Don't rock the boat. Don't take the risk. Stay close to the shore. Play it safe. Play it safe. Don't take the risk. That's not life. The people that, that we see doing what they're meant to do, they've taken a lot of risks. I heard this quote... Uh, by Elon Musk. I know it's not not original to him, but he's he said this quote. It really stuck with me. Faster alone, further together. 
Hmm. I believe that. That's why I'm here. That's why I do this. Not because I got it and that's good, but because I got it, it's good, and I want to give it to others. When you've got, when you've got something that's good, it's so natural to want others to have it. And when I, man, I haven't listened to a lot of interviews with Elon Musk, but man, when I hear him talk, I know he's someone that's got it. He inspires me. I'm inspired by people. We're all inspired by those people who just, they're doing it. We know they're doing it. But look, be inspired to do it for yourself. And like find people that are doing it to walk with you. I talked about a lot, that a lot in the last podcast. Um, about justice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I had to think about it for a minute. Like, I talked about that. Like, find people that can mentor you, that have something to give, and like, and you can draw it out of them. But like, we're meant to do this together. Um, I love that quote by Elon Musk. Faster alone, but further together. It's meant to be done together like the focus is always community drawing us together and that's like that's the opposite of what I the anti-cause or the the great cause which draws attention to me it's about me you know about me being recognized for doing what I'm doing and it's like you can't help other people when you're focused on yourself <sighs> that's the whole thing that Jesus was talking about when he talked about hey if you want to follow me if you want to be like me you got to forget yourself. He said he used the cross metaphor. But he's like, look, you got to put to death a lot of things if you want to truly figure out who you are, why you're here, and what you're meant to do. Your great cause has nothing to do with self-centered validation. You won't get to the place of really doing what you're meant for if you're about yourself because it's not about you. It's not about what you have to get. It's about what you have to give. So if you're only about what you can get and your great cause is about you getting something, it won't be a good cause and it won't come from great love. A good cause is better than a great cause, but great love is better than both. Why? Because it's not about you. And it, that does not fulfill you. I've, I've heard people speak about several studies in the last couple of years that, that you know, talk about what's the most fulfilling, like the most fulfilled people are people that are really focused on helping others. Man, I mean, it's what we're made for. It's, that's what community is. What I have, I have to give. I've been given things that are meant to be given to others. And when I enter that flow, it brings life to me and it brings life to others. And that's community. That's a good cause. Every good cause is focused towards good community. Because that's what we're meant for. Everything is about us drawing each other together and drawing together with each other. For the sake of each other. It's an us journey. Me doing what is meant for me to do always tailors in to the us, not the me. It really, it really focuses me away from myself. That's all Jesus was talking about. He was trying to point us to the reality of how God made us and who God made us to be. He made us to be an us, a we, a community in the largest sense. And Jesus is like, man, you can't get there focused on yourself. <laughs> you just That's the opposite direction. I'm going to go help people, but it's about me and my cause. And, and if you're not about my cause, then get out of here. And, you know, and it's about me and I'm helping you. But remember, 
I'm the one helping you. And remember, it's about my my it's about my non for profit, and it's about what I'm doing, and it's about me. Well, it can't be about you and about someone else. It's, it's just those are two opposing forces. You can't be trying to help people, but really, your biggest motive is helping yourself and trying to look good or trying to make yourself look great in someone else's eyes and it's about you feeding your ego that's not there's no good cause that can come out of that because it doesn't bring good i'm gonna pause for a second i did i did make some notes i always kind of look up some quotes and stuff oh that's what i wanted i was like i was trying to remember um I, was trying, I had another quote by Kalal Gibran that I wanted to read. And so I, I, like, I started to remember it and I forgot it. And, like, and it t- tailors into this idea of, of our cause is other focused. Like, I love there's a book that Kalal Gibran wrote called The Prophet. It's just these short little nuggets of truth about a lot of different topics. But Kalal Gibran was a more of a Muslim mystic. The Muslim mystics are called Sufis, but he was more from the Muslim background of faith. But man, just a wise, sage, mystic, mystical person, you know? So this is, he wrote this, it was a section called, I think it was called The Teacher, or Teaching. But he wrote this, The teacher who is indeed wise does not bid you enter the house of his wisdom, but rather leads you to the threshold of your own mind. I mean, I love that quote. I've used that before. It's just one of my favorites, because it really entails this idea that like, if my cause is about getting you to my version of what's good for me, that's not a good cause. As Kalal points out, like a wise person isn't trying to lead you to what is good for them. It's trying to lead you to what's good for you. And so like in just a practical sense, you know, I have this my wife and I we've just we've been to a lot of different churches and you go we have this experience where you go to a church and you visit and you're new and people are like so excited to see you and they're like, Oh, our church is so great. They're just like oh, they just want you to go to their church because they love it and it's so great and it's good for them. But like in a broader sense, what's good for me and what's thriving for me isn't necessarily what's thriving and good for you. Like it goes back to that idea of like the the um morally popular cause versus your cause like your cause isn't my cause sometimes causes do align there's overlap but like look my my calling to help others isn't to help them become me it's to help them become themselves that's what kalal gabran is pointing to and like if you're a christian and you think the good that you have to do in the world is to make everybody else a christian and not just a christian but the kind of christian you are which may be a protestant methodist you know calvinist Armenian, gospel only, uh, post-millennial, whatever, amillennial, pan-millennial, like, you've got it wrong. I, I'm not trying to be mean or critical, but like, your job isn't to make everybody, the whole world like you. Your job is to try and help other people be like them. Like, you pursuing your passion, being other-focused like Jesus taught isn't you making everybody else like you. That's, that's egotism again. That's like my cause is making everybody passionate about my cause. No, you know, your cause should be making everybody, helping everybody discover their own passion and live out of that passion. And it may align with yours and it may not. And that's okay to walk with people who share the same passion and to work together towards a common cause with certain people. 
but only because it's in them to do and it just happens to align with you. Not because you've pushed them into this mold that doesn't really fit them and doesn't really them. Like, if I'm a Christian and what's bringing you life right now is Buddhism, then the most altruistic thing I can do is help you be the best damn Buddhist you can be. Even though I'm a Christian and it's not for me, it doesn't mean that it's not for you. That's what's bringing you life. That's what's in you to be and do. Then that's what I'm about. Because I'm about you. I'm not about me. I'm not about making a bunch of other me's in the world because that's egotistical, self-centered. That's the anti-cause. That's what I might call the great cause, but it's not a good cause because it's about me. Again, it just comes back to me. So much of our causes are self-centered and self-focused and we just want to make everybody like us and they should care about what we care about and if they don't, screw them. No, <laughs> like your cause, a good cause does good for others. It helps them discover who they are. It helps them discover, it doesn't lead them to your wisdom or your good cause. It leads them to their own. The whole, this whole idea of mentoring and helping other people find and discover their passion. It's theirs. It's in them already. Don't, don't manufacture it for them and don't force them into something that's not them. And, don't, and, and, if, and for you, like, don't try to latch onto someone else's cause. Like, really take the time to discover what's in you. That and only that is sustainable because it's in you and it's your passion and it flows from out of you. And that is a sustainable that's a sustainable trajectory because it's in you and you can't help but do it. Discover it. Reach for it. Grind it out. Be persistent. Persevere in that. Don't give up. But do it because it's in you, not because someone else told you to or, or you were excited about someone else's passion. I mean, it's easy when someone has a passion and they're excited about their cause. It's easy to kind of catch that, that fire, right? Make sure that that's not just their fire in you. Make sure that you're pursuing your fire in you. And if it happens to align with others and you come alongside and walk with others, that's great. My wife and I were involved with two kind of what I would call big charity type causes, you know, uh, in our lives. One, we were foster parents. We spent about four years fostering kids. We, we, we found out that we really were geared towards what's called NAS syndrome, neonatal abstinence syndrome. It's babies that are born exposed to drugs. They were exposed to drugs in utero, neonatal. <laughs> and so when, they, when they're born, they're born withdrawing from drugs that even adults would have trouble. And these are babies. Babies, I don't know if you've had kids, babies have no impulse control. It is, it is just, it's horrific. It is child abuse because it is so devastating for a baby who only knows how to scream for, their, for what they need withdrawing from drugs that have made their bodies really crave for this drug it's just sometimes they can they can spend months withdrawing and sometimes they die so side tangent there sorry but like my wife and I just found out like we did really good with these kinds of babies once they were weaned off the drugs enough to come home uh, we just had a knack for fostering these kinds of babies and helping them through the first year of life. So we did that for three or four years. Um, but as a part of that, we had to interact with DCS. It's a huge government institution, organization that's, that tries to do good in these situations, you know. The second charity I was involved with was, was like the opposite. It was like the small 
organic hometown little clothing charity that was just myself, the director, a few other people. And we just, we tried to take donations in. We ran a little thrift store and we, I did, I worked with this group for two years. It was called Clothe My Children. It doesn't exist anymore, but, but man, you know, it was so much a part of this small little community that we lived in. We took clothes in, we sold all our clothes were a dollar for you know if, if you were low income you could come get a lot of clothes for a dollar a piece if you had nothing you could come get clothes for free and we just we, you know it was purely donation supported community supported but man the heart in that charity i mean people came in they knew they were loved we cared about people the dcs experience that i had man it was i, I don't want to sound critical or get negative i understand it's a hard thing to do to deal with it's a you know, it's not a great situation to begin with. But man, DCS is like we fought tooth and nail to care for these kids. Like we had this kid in our home. We knew this kid the best. We raised this kid most often straight out of the hospital from birth after they were weaned. And sometimes we had to fight against DCS for their for their good. I mean, we and we saw over and over. We belonged to a foster parent association. We were just conversation after conversation about foster parents going. I can't believe they sent this kid back to that, those people. I can't believe they sent them back into the situation. I know they're going to be abused again, but it was the protocol. It was the rule. Whatever. Man, I just I just saw like this huge organization run by numbers. DCS and like I, they do. I, if you work for DCS, you're caseworker i'm sure you do good and i'm not trying to criticize dcs but i'm just saying it was for us it was two different experiences one was this little tiny local charity that really loved people well and one was this big huge government program which struggled and had bottom lines and had a budget and i understand all that but like when it came down to caring on the personal level for this for a child often the ball got dropped or in my opinion wrong decisions got made because the bottom line wasn't personal it was transactional and it was institutional and like we got to do something this is what we've come it's a program it's rules it's black and white on paper it's budgets and it's bottom lines and it's cold and the child was almost the last thing in view Again, I'm not trying to be critical. It's a complex situation. So don't hear me trying to criticize an organization that I'm sure does a lot of good anyway. But my point is, there's a difference when you're passionate on the local level about helping individuals and when you're just trying to run a program that has good mottos and good mission statements and good budgets and good execution but doesn't really at the heart level care about people. Like... I'm not saying everybody needs to go work for a non-for-profit. That's my point. I'm saying figure out what you're passionate about and do it. And it doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's big or small, if it helps a few or a lot. Figure out your passion and go for it. And don't let anything stand in your way. Whatever the sacrifice, whatever the risk, it's worth it. Because it's who you are. It's, this is life and death, people. Like, it's not about surviving and getting a good material security for yourself. That's not, you know, yeah, we need to eat, we need shelter, we need medical care, we need the basics, right? But that's not thriving. This is thriving. When you're thriving in your passion, you will be a just person and you will be helping others out of love 
and the fire of passion in you to be who you are and do what you're meant to do, to do the good you're meant to do in the world. And that will just create naturally an overflow of justice, an overflow of what's good for others and not what's bad. Does that make sense? All right. Thus endeth the lesson. (laughs) I'm not going to even tell you where that quote comes from. (laughs) Shunny boy. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thus endeth the lesson. Now, you know, I hope that you understand what I'm trying to say. I hope you understand how this tailors into justice. Like, the world will be a good place when each person individually is doing the good they're meant to do, when they've discovered that they've taken the time and they've taken the risk and they've spent, they've been persistent, they've spent the time to figure it out and to bring it out and to do it. You know? Man, it doesn't have to be anything that anybody might think is special at all. It can be just how you treat people in the line at the grocery store. Like you being a person of love in a world where a lot of people aren't. You shining a light in the darkness, it'll make a difference. Maybe it's how you treat the bum on the street when you walk into work every day or your favorite local coffee store. Maybe it's the fact that you just acknowledge them and you know them by name. You don't give them money, you don't, whatever. You give them respect, you give them dignity, you give them the time of day. When I worked for that charity, man, we would actually take clothing and food to the homeless. Sometimes they would come in, but man, the best thing I ever gave anybody in that charity was my time, my attention, and my heart. Not the clothes. We gave people couches, we gave people anything we had. People came in, it was for sale, and they needed it. It's yours. We gave ourselves out of business, I can tell you, and that was the director's heart because he cared about people. The biggest thing we ever gave people was love, time, and attention. We let them know that we cared about them, no matter how messed up, no matter how low down, no matter how many mistakes they made, no matter the fact that they were on the street because they were a drug addict or an alcoholic, or because they had messed up big time. That didn't matter. They needed to be loved and treated like a decent, person, not an invisible person. The best thing we, I ever gave people in that charity was my heart, was me caring about them and treating them like a person. And everything else flowed out of that, you understand? Like, if we operated the charity like a institution, like with rules and like, and, and towards the end, it actually kind of started to drift towards the rules. It t- a different charity director came in and it started to become more programmed. But, I mean, I'll tell you what. If people came in and said, well, do you fit the quota? Do you fit the rules? What's your income? We, did, we didn't. We never took information from people. We had some rules like you can only come once a month for free clothes. You know, we wanted to make sure everybody got something. But like basic. We just like, hey, we, if you need help and you say you need help, we'll help you. You know, we let people be honest. But we cared about people, not about the rules. You can execute a program and not care a damn thing about <laughs> the people you're helping. And that's not good. It can do some good, but I'm telling you, man, if there's no heart in it, it's not that good. It's got to come from your heart. Figure out what's in your heart and do it, and that'll be good, and it'll make the world good. Each of us, one at a time, doing what's in us to do, bringing out the good that's in us to do, and giving that and putting that in the world, that's good. And that will bring a world that is good, and that will bring about justice, and that will by its natural consequence, work against injustice, treating people well, loving people well. A good cause is better than a great cause, but great love is better than both.
I love that. <clears throat> there's, this, uh, there's this other quote. I'll end with this by Mother Teresa. We ourselves feel that what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean. But the ocean would be less because of that missing drop, you know? I get that. Like, you know, I'm here doing my thing. Who's paying attention? Who's listening? I don't know. Maybe not many. Does it matter? I'm just one drop in the ocean. Sometimes we can feel like, will it matter if I do it? Will it matter? Will it really make a difference? I understand that. I know, I know the feeling, the discouragement. The, like, hey, other people are doing it better. And they got more money. They got more prominence. And why me? Why you? Maybe there, there, there is somebody. I guarantee there's somebody around you that only you can reach. And you know what? The first person you can reach around you is yourself. First First, it is good for you. And if it's good for you, it will be good for others. Trust that. Work it out in yourself first. That's, content, that's the contemplation part. Look inward. Figure yourself out. Find out what, what, what it is, what's in you to do. Do it. The first person that it will really transform and help is you. But once you start down that path, once it begins to give you life... <laughs> It'll give life to other people. And once all that starts to happen in person after person after person, it will make a big difference in the world at large, and it will bring about greater justice and less injustice because it's what's good and it's what draws us into love. A good cause is better than a great cause, but great love is better than both. Because it's about community. It's about what we have to give to others so that we all together can begin to rise up and raise up and pull each other up. And together we all rise. I think there's a, I see this uh, watching football. Uh, there's a, it's, it's a slogan. I think it's all of us together. It's something like that. But it's like it takes all of us maybe. But that's it, man. That's community. It's not about you and your great cause. It's about us and what's good for us, all of us. It takes all of us. Like, we're in this together. It's not even a choice. We rise and fall together. One person. No person left behind. If one person is suffering, we all suffer. It, it, it does tri trickle out. We can't conceive of any good that's only good for some and actually does harm to others. That's not good. But let me tell you, when you're pursuing what's in you to do, what's, what, when you're pursuing your cause, it'll be good for you and then it will be good for others. Ah, I believe it. Thank you guys for listening. I really hope this has encouraged you. We have one more left. Part nine. I hope this has been good so far. I hope that the wrap-up, I hope it just I hope it really challenges you and moves you to do that for yourself. Find your great cause. Find, find your good cause it will be great too but it comes from great love i love you guys thanks for listening thanks for paying attention this has been the modern contemplative podcast i'm your host jay randall already there's always more content at www.moderncontemplative.com um, also my podcasts are on spotify apple podcast all that stuff it's under the construction monk it, both of these fall under that title so 
like there's the blog post. Like I write these out first and you can read them if you want. You'll get some different things from reading than from what I'm talking about. They're very different sometimes. Most of the time it's really different. So check all that out. Thanks for paying attention, guys. Love you. Bye.